and welcome to the Reader's Quadrant, an Empyrean podcast. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Samantha. We are doing a chapter-by-chapter reread and analysis of the Empyrean book series written by Rebecca Yaros. Today we will be discussing chapter 13 of Fourth Wing. We do swear and we are not spoiler-free. So there wasn't a whole lot going on in the world of Fourth Wing and Empyrean, this week, nope. but we just wanted to mark that Rebecca Yaros posted that it is her 10-year anniversary of being published. So, congratulations to her. Yeah, her first book was apparently Full Measures. So, if you want to go back to the origin story of Rebecca's writing, uh, that would be where to go. <laughs> you know, I really should read another one of her books. Same. <laughs> I just, I just haven't. <laughs> you know, we like what we like. Yeah, well, because they're all like contemporary romances, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think so. Which. And a lot of like military focus. Which yeah. makes sense because her husband is in the military. Right. I think the only contemporary-ish one I read was Red, White, and Royal Blue. That book is so cute. It's cute, but I have a lot of issues with it. <laughs> Just suspend your disbelief. I can't. I uh. can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> he should have known better. Mm. But with his emails? Yes. Or... <laughs> yes. I still Dumbass haven't watched the... motherfucker should have known you don't put anything in writing you don't want in the newspaper. I still have, is it the is it a movie that they made? I still haven't watched it. Yeah, it's on uh, Amazon Prime. It's not bad, although I watched it via streaming it with other people on Discord. So like the music was missing, I guess because of copyright or something. I don't know. So I probably should rewatch it on my on quote unquote my own Amazon Prime. <laughs> I steal my dad's. He knows about oh. it. It's fine. <laughs> You're going to get arrested now. This is out in the world. Uh, yeah, because they're all cracking down that now. Yeah. Hulu's now doing it. And Disney Plus. I was just watching Amazon Prime. I was watching, like I said last week, I was watching Daisy Jones and the Six. And all of a sudden there's like ads now that are playing during it. And I was like, what is happening? But apparently now if you want, if you want ad free, you have to pay more. And I was like, is this legal? They're getting sued over it. Oh, really? Yeah, someone's actually suing them about it. My husband was telling me about that earlier. Well, I was like, I don't know that I like this because now I have to pay for more for something like a service that I already had. Like, and Yeah, and Prime is so expensive as it is. Well, I don't like and I don't pay for Prime for the entertainment selection. I pay for it for like the free shipping and like the two day shipping. Mm hmm. Um, but still, it's annoying. I don't want to. I don't want to have ads when I watch. I mean, that's kind of the point. I mean, I you know watch a lot of things on Max, and I mean HBO is known for not having commercials, and yet I get commercials. <laughs> yeah. You know, it is what it is. Anyway. Anyways, we've gotten way <laughs> off topic. I here. know. <laughs> it's fine. This is gonna be a short episode anyway um true short chapter gonna be a short episode so last time on fourth wing violet and the squad took a leisurely walk through the flight field chatting arguing like most 20 year olds 
in front of a hundred dragons. Pryor can't make a decision, and Luca is her usual charming self, resulting in them both getting burnt. We are now down to six cadets in the squad as we go into threshing. Honestly, thank God. Thank God it's dragon time. Yes. And it's basically it's Zayden time, too. It's Zayden o'clock, because I don't think we're going to get another chapter without him actually in it. Yeah, I think you're right. Thank goodness. Yeah, at least for now. God. Oh, you don't want to talk about Iron Flame, Zayden? I- just ask me. Just, just ask me. <laughs> just, a- just ask me a question, Violet. <laughs> yeah. Why aren't you asking me the right questions, Violet? Why aren't you asking me about the fiance you didn't know I had in the first place, Violet? Why aren't you able to read my mind, Violet? Oh wait, I can read yours, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're slap happy right now, apparently. Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> So our quote for this chapter is, there is nothing quite as humbling or as awe-inspiring as witnessing thrushing, for those who live through it anyway. And that's from Colonel Kaori's Field Guide to Dragon Kind. We've had a lot of Colonel Kaori recently. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay with it. I don't mind him. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. <laughs> uh, His take... To me, though, it seems to be missing a word. Horrifying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well. There, there's a lot of uh, things that happen here in, during threshing, so it's not great. Threshing, do you remember there's that Japanese movie from, like, the 80s called Battle Royale? Yeah, isn't that what, like, Hunger Games? Yeah, it's kind of like that. That's what threshing kind of reminds me of. In a way. Interesting thought. Like how it's every person for themselves. You know, you just kill or be killed in a way. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. So, anyway. Uh, October 1st is always threshing. And September 1st is always the start of Term at Hogwarts. But whatever. Uh <laughs> I think it's, it's also starts October first. Also starts Spooky Month, but I don't think that's a thing at Basquia. No, if it did, I guess every month is Spooky Season there. Fair. If I think for Spooky Season, it would be Malik's month. Oh, fair point. Since he's the Death God. Um, I found it interesting though that Violet notes how it doesn't matter what day of the week it falls on. Like, some days are given more weight than others. Because she says it doesn't matter if it's um, Monday, Wednesday, or Sunday. It's always September 1st. I mean, October 1st. October 1st. Anyway, that kind of be weird, especially since she specifically says Sunday. If, like, that's the day that they have temple. Because they mentioned, like, how Malik has a temple in that one... Uh, pre-chapter quote mm-hmm. so it just kind of made me wonder especially since as we've discussed before um rebecca yaros is a christian and mm-hmm. uh most christian denominations they have church on sunday mm-hmm. or and so i just thought that was interesting uh so violet then repeats her mantra i will not die today 
And Kaori tells the gathered 147 cadets, which, if we're doing the math, means that 22 died during presentation. Well, so that means that 14 died after Violet Squad got back. Because, if you'll recall, during presentation, they passed a half dozen scorch marks. Yes. So there were six people dead. And then two people died in their group. Mm-hmm. So that means 14 people died after they went. Yeah. That's a lot of people. It is and it isn't because we know that their squad came in 11th out of 36. So out of 25 squads, only 14 people died. Right. But I mean, they're just walking in front of the dragons. Yeah, but they could all be douchebags like Luca or... No, she was just Kynan. insufferable. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just think for what they were doing and for the Dragus' side, nah, Yegabert. I mean, it's better for everybody else. Less people at the threshing. More likelihood to bond. True. Uh, so Kiori tells them to listen to their instincts and their feelings as a dragon may have already chosen them and will be calling them. Rhiannon asks Violet which dragon she's going for and Violet doesn't know. And she can't help but keep comparing herself to Mira and notes that Mira already knew that she was chosen by Chenya at this point. I wish she would stop comparing herself to Mira. But how do you say, like, how do they know? You just feel a pull? Yeah. Because that's what he kind of tells them. Like, you'll kind of feel a pull in a direction. Because during threshing, well, later on in here, she kind of, she climbs a tree to see if she can get a pole. So. Mm, right. Yeah, you're right. Um, Violet tells Re that Dane tried talking her into a brown, to which Re correctly says, Dane lost his vote when he tried talking you into leaving. And I say, fuck him. Mm-hmm. It's been two days since presentation. And Violet has only spoken to Dane once. Which for them, that's not great. Because they were talking multiple times like every day before. And this is true. Because Dane would stalk her at her breakfast service. Yeah. And uh, that one time they talked in the last two days, he tried to get her to run within the first five minutes of their conversation. And I'm just like, what the fuck, man? Just stop. She's literally at threshing. Just. Ugh. He pisses me off. I want him to go away. <laughs> Permanently. I feel like he's going to be here until the end. God fucking damn it. Do not like. Anyway. Uh, Violet asks Ree if she has a dragon in mind, to which she says one of the greens that was sniffing at Violet, which is who she ends up bonding. So that's kind of awesome because her dragon uh, is a green. Um, someone asks it, what if they're not chosen by dinner, to which Kiori says that a professor or someone from senior leadership will come and get them and that they won't forget about them. Which, honestly, I kind of call bullshit on. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. The whole... I feel like you could be out there uh, for a significant amount of time. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the whole point of everything in the quadrant has been about proving yourself and being self-sufficient and it's, you know, ride or die, you know, if you don't then you're, they just, you know you're cast off on your own. Mm -hmm. So I feel like just kind of leaving them out there would be totally within line for what they do. Yeah. Also, hey, it would be good practice for year two uh, infantry (laughs) training. Right? That's true. (laughs) And my other thought too was, how do they know to go look for you? Like, could they not? Well, they just... take they take roll call at the end when you go go back with your dragon. Yeah, but I mean, they don't know if you were just out there still wandering, or like if you got et. <laughs> this is true. Or just burned or fell off a dragon. You know, what I mean, like there's. It's probably seventy five chance talking, you died. Could they be? <laughs> but could they be talking to their dragons? Oh, like the dragons are watching. Yeah, like where's this person? Oh, I ate him or whatever. Yeah, like the dragons communicating with each other. That's true. We know they do that. So while this is going on, Jack catches Violet's eye and runs his finger across his throat, like okay even violet is like so original (laughs) yeah and then Orin and tynan flank him there's a lot of harry potter references in this chapter i'm sorry but it's just it's like crab and goyle around malfoy yeah (laughs) it's literally what it's like um so it's now around 9 a.m and it's time for everyone to head out Ree gives Violet a very tight hug and tells her to be careful. And then immediately after that, Riddick does the same and tells her, don't die. Good advice. Yeah. Solid. And so Harry, Ron, and Hermione venture out into the Forbidden Forest. I mean, Rhiannon, Riddick, and Violet venture out into the forest. Because let's be real. Rhiannon's Harry, Riddick's Ron, Violet's Hermione. This, yeah, apt comparison. Especially with the way the three of them go out there like that. Yeah. So, (laughs) we then pick back up with Violet several hours later. She's come across seven different dragons in the meantime. And then another one, a red, comes by her this time. And it also moves on. So, she's now seen every color, obviously, except two. This is like speed speed dating, where you could die. Yeah. (laughs) It's like... That's one way to spice it up. (laughs) Hey, for a woman, every time you go speed dating, you're speed dating and you could die. (laughs) It's not wrong. Not wrong. So every time I go on a date, I text my friends. I'm like, this is the person's picture. This is their name. This is where I'm going. If I end up on the news, you can be interviewed. Yeah. I've told Sam that she can be in my um, 60 minute special mm-hmm. as a character character witness. Yep. Just make it believable when you talk about me. I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, back to the book. <laughs> um, Violet, self, all of her self-doubt just kind of like starts coming in. She's worrying she's not going to bond. She has to start all over. She's not really a writer. And just, it's really sad. Cause she's so, she's better than that. But I, I get yeah. why that would, I can understand though, why those thoughts under her head, like those negative thoughts. It's like when you've taken a test and then you're sitting there waiting to get your marks back and you're like, oh my God, what if I got zero? When you know that you didn't, but the thought still crosses your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she just, she's still thinking about it. She remembers what Kaori was saying earlier. And so she decides, as we mentioned, to climb a tree. She finds one and then she's climbing it and she's talking about how much pain she's in because the bark keeps catching on the wraps on her palms. And as we remember during um, the gauntlet, she cut her hands up pretty good. And so that's not Mm -hmm. healed yet. So she gets up the tree and then she looks around. She sees several dragons, but doesn't feel a pull towards any of them. But she also sees at least six other cadets still looking. So she's feeling a little better about herself. She's like, okay, it's not just me. Mm All right. And then she sees a flash of light, which is light reflecting off of Andarna's shiny gold scales, which I find to be kind of ironic, given that she's actually basically a chameleon dragon. (laughs) Yeah. So... Very much the opposite of what she actually is here. So Violet then climbs down carefully, but then she has to kind of hide against the tree because she hears multiple voices approaching, which she thinks is very suspicious because they were told to not be in groups. And it turns out it's Jack, Tynan, and Orin, who are apparently out hunting. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And there's one thing I want to note before um, we move on, though, is Violet says that Jack's voice makes her stomach drop and that, quote, no one else's voice has that physical effect on me, not even Zayden's. Mm. Which is interesting. That's where her thoughts go. I mean, I know she's super pissed at Dane right now, but still, I just thought that was interesting. That is interesting. Um, okay, so yeah, uh, so Violet's hiding behind a tree as cover, uh, and then she notices that Tynan, Orin, and Jack all have swords strapped to their backs, and so this is, like, once again, her feeling of inadequacy, because she can't wield a sword, because they're too heavy for her, but this just reminds me of, like, Zayden talking to her, it's just, like, the right way isn't the only way, like, you're strong in other ways, she -hmm. just doesn't see that in herself, at least not right now. Yeah, she keeps judging herself against everyone else. Yeah. Um, and then Violet notices that they use the word hunting, like Sam says, until she realizes that they are looking for Andarna rather than looking to bond a dragon. I'm wondering, though, um, if you'll notice at the bottom of the page here, Jack says, it's not like our dragons are going to bond other riders. So do you think that... Jack has already like felt the pull to bait, and so he knows that he's gonna bond a dragon. That's why he's so unconcerned. Yeah, I do, but I think he's. 
I think he's overestimating that, though, because I feel like with especially the way most of the dragons are portrayed, even if they had already decided on someone, if they're taking too long or just fucking around, they're just like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to go with someone else if you're going to be like that. Honestly, there has to be something with Bade. Like, Bade has to be messed up because he knows what's going on inside of Jack's head, and it seems like he was fully supportive. Yeah. I think, doesn't Tarn say something about the, like, how Bade is just kind of fucked up? I don't know. Um, but Violet Note said the other dragons wouldn't take kindly to killing one of their own. And I was thinking, I was like, this is an understatement considering who and what Andarna is. She's not just uh baby she's like the head of her line she's the last of her line yeah so even if the others don't know that the elders all do and yeah (laughs) oh oh boy can you imagine kodak yeah well and i'm just thinking the other dragons responding to them killing a baby when they are so protective of their babies Mm mm-hmm um, so Jack says it's for the best. It's unrideable, a certified freak. And you know, feather tails are useless in combat. They refuse to fight. Like, so, okay. Why do you think he cares so much? Do you think at this point he's already started turning? No, I think Just some of the things he says in this chapter and some of the things that Violet thinks about him. I'm like, Hmm. Yeah. I still don't think he does. I think that happens after she wrecks his shoulder because i think that's when he first feels weakness and fear and i think that's when he decides he's gonna do that i think here he has always had this thing about viewing what he thinks of as weak as oh what's the word i can't think of the word now but basically like he thinks that anything that's weak needs to be killed or destroyed like he just Want, mm. need, thinks it needs to not exist because that's why he that's why he wants to kill violet all the time is not because of who her mom is it's because he views her as weak yeah it's just because in the next paragraph violet notes that no one knows anything about feather tail so she wonders she says wonder where he's getting his information like do you think this is some kind of easter egg like he's getting fed info by somebody yeah because he would have had to have help to turn like we kind of talked about last time a little bit so even if he's not turning now, do we think he's already kind of aligned himself with like a Varish type person and they're feeding him some kind of information? Probably. Although I'm a little confused as to why Violet says that there because it's mentioned before. Like when they talk about the feather tails in the first place, they talk about how they don't fight. I think... That they talk about how they they abhor violence, not that they refuse to fight. So it's like, you could have one that would fight kind of thing. I think it's all in the wording here. But mm-hmm. I, it's just interesting to me how Violet says, no one knows anything about Feathertail, so I don't know where Jack is getting his information. But I don't have time to focus on his assumptions right now. Like, why why would the author put that in there? Well, and also, though, too, Jack says, and you know Feathertails, as in Orin and Tynan should also know that. Yeah, like it's common knowledge. Yeah. And so I think that's something. What it is, I don't know. Um, 
But anyways, so Violet thinks much longer anyway. Yeah, Violet thinks that she has no way of contacting anybody to come help. Like obviously, Colonel Kiri isn't gonna like these three killing a dragon either. I don't think it's allowed. I'm pretty sure it's prohibited, is what she says. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jack is so messed up. He's gonna lead them to do it anyways. So Violet decides to head to the clearing to get their first warn and Darna. But as soon as she races towards the clearing, she hears a pop as her ankle gives out. So she has to limp the rest of the way to the clearing. So she's already injured when she makes it there, but at least she makes it there before Jack. Is it broken or just out of socket? I think it's out of socket because she can still put kind of put weight on it. Okay. It's how I understand it because she's limping. So it's just the way she, I don't know, it's just kind of, I don't know, it's just confused. Yeah. When I, when I hear pop, that to me sounds like something pop, like, kind of just moved where it shouldn't. If, if we heard, like, a snap or a crunch or something like that, I would have thought broken bone. Hmm. Okay. I've never um, broken a bone, so I don't know what it sounds like. <laughs> um, so she makes it to the clearing, and she sees Andarna sitting right in the middle. And I'm like, Andarna, do you not have any survival instinct? Why are you <laughs> just sitting in the middle, wide open? I wonder if she was trying to get Violet to come to her. Like, since she's a baby, maybe she doesn't know or have that ability to do the call or pull like the adults can. And so this was her way of trying to do that. And this is funny to me because Andarna here acts like a dog or literally any Disney animated animal. Because she's like tilting her head and she's wagging her tail kind of as Violet's trying to warn her. She's so to cute. fly away. <laughs> um, and but it's at this point that Orantinen and Jack appear in the clearing. And they don't immediately see Violet. They see Andarna. And Jack's like, oh, don't worry. We'll make it painless. Like... Mm. That, that this is some psychopath behavior right here i like i cannot get over the feeling that someone has told him to kill andarna like i cannot get this out of my brain that this was not his idea maybe it was bearish because remember how interested he was in her in iron flame yeah i don't know it ju- he just seems somebody else know. knows who and what Andarna is. Yeah. Or suspects. Violet tells Andarna to scorch them, but almost immediately she like knows in her gut that Andarna has no fire. And so she's like, oh shit. So she has no choice, Violet then at this point, throws herself to the trio so she can at least try to protect Andarna on her own. This is like so stupid brave. And it's the whole reason that Andarna bonds with her and Tarn, to be fair, because Scale calls him. Because she's such a so, mom. Yeah. Um, so Violet... So, okay, this is why I'm thinking that... And this is another thing about Jack that I, where I'm thinking that he has something going on right now because Violet yells that they can't kill a dragon. Orin flinches, but Jack doesn't. So I'm like, something is happening with Jack at this point already, I think. Maybe not turning, but he knows something. Mm-hmm. Because he says, his next line is, letting something so weak, so incapable of fighting live is against our beliefs. 
So, like, do you think right here he's just still talking about the Riders Quadrant? I don't. I do. I don't. I just have this feeling. I don't know what he's talking about, but like nobody else ha- is ha- has this idea mm-hmm. about killing killing the weak dragons, the quote unquote weak dragons. Yeah, but no one else also just threw a kid off parapet just because they could. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. There's just something weird about him in this chapter. Anyways, just as Violet is getting ready to fight all three, a voice behind her says, I would strongly recommend you rethink your actions. And Violet's scalp prickles, which can only mean one thing. Yes, it's Aiden, and he has scale with him. And that is how the chapter ends. And I would assume... It also ends with uh, Tynan and Orin pooping their pants. <laughs> Especially with the, scales there. the way Scales, you know, looking at them. <laughs> yeah. So, nice and short chapter, but officially, officially we've met Andarna. We're about to meet Tarn. So, these book, this book is about to get a whole lot more interesting. Because uh, the dragons are officially in play. Yes. Um... Okay, so this past week, it was Super Bowl weekend, or the Swift Bowl, as, you know, that's all I really cared about. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was fun. Did you watch? Um, yeah. Um, I mainly just wanted the Chiefs to win because I didn't want everyone to blame Taylor Swift if they lost. This is so true. I hate, I hate, oh my God, it just annoys me so much. The old, oh, this is distraction. As if none of the other players have significant others. Right. Yep. And I mean, I guess there was also that weird conspiracy theory. Oh, the one where they were going to endorse Joe Biden at halftime, her and Travis. No, like, well, I guess. But... Oh, a different? <laughs> there was more than one. Yeah, there's one, like, where it was, like, a CIA plot, so that way, because um, I don't remember something about it being a CIA plot, so that all of her fans would endorse and or vote for Biden. I also heard that it was a big pharma setup because Pfizer had an ad with Travis Kelsey. Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> It's just, it's crazy. I would rather, though, they blame the CIA and other stuff like that. Because, sure, whatever. They get blamed for shit all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, um, I thought, for the most part, it was incredibly boring. (laughs) Yeah. For the first half of the game. I hate to say it, I was underwhelmed by Usher. Really? I thought it was a good show. Um, I felt bad for Alicia Keys' voice crack. Oh, yeah. That happens. (laughs) Um, and I just am so excited that over the next few months, now we get new Beyonce album, a -hmm. new Taylor Swift album, a new Casey Musgraves album, a new Lizzie McAlpine album. Like, the girls are winning. Yeah, and also, like, Beyonce had that commercial... Where it was like, let it drop, drop the new music. And I guess like she actually did like on her Instagram or something. It was the announcement for like the new albums was timed with that commercial. 
Yeah. Which is kind of And her cool. song, the two songs that she put out, fire. So good. So good. Nice. It's country Beyonce, everyone. <laughs> Anyways, what have you been up to? Not much since last time. Um, still finishing. House Crown of Midnight. I haven't had time to read it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm waiting for you to get to the end of this book. I so know. So we can discuss. I, I will get there. I will get there. I just did not have time. Also, didn't we just record like a few days ago? <laughs> when did we last? Yeah. Saturday. Was it Saturday? Okay. It was Saturday night. My days all kind of went together. So, yeah, I just haven't had time. Um, but I am getting new glasses. I went to the eye doctor today, so I'm excited about that. That's exciting. Yeah, apparently my uh, glasses, um, I need to replace them. Anyway, my prescription got a little worse, which is always awesome. So Yeah, I'm like legally blind. I think I am. If I'm not, then I feel like I'm close. I don't know. It's like I'm not really supposed to drive at nighttime. <laughs> like even if with I'm wearing, if I'm, glasses or contacts? If I'm, wearing, if, I'm, if I'm wearing my glasses, yeah. You're not supposed to drive even if you're wearing your glasses. At night, yeah. Weird. I'm at like a negative four and a half and negative 4.75. My eyes are Oh, different. baby. I'm in the double digits. Yeah, that's true. You are. <laughs> that's true. But that's exciting. I uh, called to get an eye exam because I need one. And my optometrist's next appointment is March 28th. So Aww. that's what I'm going Canadian health care. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Is that covered by Canadian health care? Nope. Oh. But I have it I have insurance through work, so Okay. Dental optometry not covered. Mm. So it's like primarily like just health. And prescriptions. Oh that's and nice. Stuff like that. That's a huge one right there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's what I've got right now. Um just in a holding pattern, opening my business. Um, I'm going to be listing a house next week, so I'm excited about that. Exciting. Yeah. Oh, and I guess I guess um, I turned 30. You did turn 30. So, very exciting. That. Trying to decide if 30 is too young to have a midlife crisis. No. <laughs> I, I just hope it's not my actual midlife uh no you're fine did you do anything fun for your birthday um i mean it was a monday so not really but i'm going to hang out with my nieces to tomorrow night and then i'm going to hang out with my friends on friday so that's exciting i'm not a big like party person Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean it's just another day really fair also, happy Valentine's Day. This is true. That, so that's Screw exciting. Screw the boys. I uh, I made a Valentine's Day card and printed it out and passed it out to my female coworkers. That's fun. I think they all thought it was crazy, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Anyways, um, 
Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast wherever you're listening to us. You can find our Instagram at Readers Quadrant Podcast, and you can email us at readersquadpod at gmail.com. Be sure to join our Discord. A link will be posted on our Instagram. Thank you all again so much for listening. Uh, make sure you recommend us to your friends. That way we can get our listen count up and we can do our awesome giveaway. We're very excited about it. So keep it going, guys. And remember, the right way isn't the only way. Bye. Bye. We would like to thank Kevin McLeod for the use of his song, The Pyre, for our intro and outro music.